from Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com, it's The Relevant Podcast. It's the week of June 17th, 2011, and this is The Relevant Podcast. That kind of worked. I'm, I didn't say the word Friday. I'm so nervous. I do not I think, know what I day I think it we is. just entered into like a wormhole in I, the universe. I feel, yeah. I feel a little off kilter. In case you weren't sure, June 17th is a Friday. Okay. Uh, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios is Maya Strang. Hi. Uh, Was that loud? Yeah. Josh Louie and Loveless. Hey, people. Uh, on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. What's up? <laughs> That's because I got swag. <laughs> and our, uh, he's been watching that Krayshawn video over and over. Just on repeat, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I watched the Richard Roberts video that... Uh, oh, no. I found uh, that. Chat post. Oh, was that you that found yeah, it? Yeah, uh-huh. I said when you watched it, did you feel the electricity in the air? <laughs> I haven't seen it. What about the rest of us that haven't? You the Dare to Be it? Daniel. It's on the podcast episode page. Oh, okay. I, I found a video that somebody shot on their on their camera phone or God something in the crowd during a Christmas uh, concert at ORU, and he busts out Dare to Be a Daniel. And it's like, it wasn't... Jesse, it wasn't funny. It was actually painful. Like, it was tough to watch, man. Well, no, that wasn't the one that I was referring to. No, I know, but I'm just saying the whole the whole song everything. experience was painful. I would imagine no, everything. What I'm saying when you're there, it, because it, it, I wish that person had panned around to see how packed it was. And literally, <laughs> people are running up and down the aisles giving high fives. <laughs> But you know, like, I mean, it's unlike any experience you you've ever had. I felt so bad because even the the, the student choir that was behind him was kind of giggling and smirking during it, and it's like the man is being mocked behind, like on stage. Okay, but okay, he doesn't here's, realize here's the thing. thing. No. I've decided to no longer like things ironically. I'm only going to like them for real. So like when I hear Friday uh, or, or or some funny YouTube song, I only like it for real. You know, and that's the same with that because it's eliciting such a reaction that it doesn't matter if it's bad or good. I like it. You know, what what triggered this this change in uh, behavior? Yeah, I don't know. I was just I'd been coming to grips with why I think certain things are funny. Wait, are you are you going to counseling right now? (laughs) No, no. I I I was just I was thinking about why certain things are, are weirdly funny to me. And I was like, well, maybe it's because I think they're funny because it's like ironic or it's or it's weird. But but I don't true. I wouldn't say I truly like those things. But then I'm like, what am I talking about? I love those things. Right, have you read the Klosterman piece on uh, guilty pleasures? Because yes, he, he advocates he advocates heavily for the fact that there should be no guilty pleasures. If you like something, you like it. And, yeah. and, and I think it. it extends to like irony. Like if if I wore like let's say I wanted to grow a mustache, I wouldn't like it because I thought it was like kind of funny. I would just like it, you know. And it and it would be kind of funny, but it you would like be, but you but like I, things, but I like it. You okay. like things that are kind of funny. So you're saying that I based on on that assumption, I really like the Real Housewives of Orange County. Exactly. You don't. You don't like it. Ironically, if you like it, you actually like it. I need to think about this deeply because now I'm. Now I hate myself. It really. It really bugs me because I watch those marathons late at night. Oh my gosh! Oh, it's the worst. It's fantastic. Are you kidding me? Wait, okay. So, Reunion part one and two of Orange County. Oh I'm gonna. I'm gonna fly solo on this. No. I'm no. No. I'm prepared to it. fly solo on this. I saw it. <laughs> Is 
I, don't give me any other television it is, besides it that. It is such a statement on the on the condition of America. It honestly, meta, it is it is such a microcosm of everything that's wrong with society yeah. and I mean as a Christian, honestly, yeah. Yeah. I watch it just flabbergasted going this is what the flesh that like where that road leads. You know what I mean? This it is so empty and they mm. are so it's so it's just it's like a car wreck on the side of the road and I watch it, it fascinated and I'm like how did that car wreck happen and I want to learn from it and not have a similar wreck it's the but new you ju- watch all of them <laughs> because I need context Maya I all of them from all over the states you need to know I'm specific to Atlanta and Orange County I, I draw see, the line I, I, see, I, I'm a New Jersey guy I've watched the Jersey one before yeah, and see? I saw them get in a cat fight and I didn't even I didn't even I rewound it like five times because <laughs> I didn't understand why they got in the fight well, t- that Teresa it was never clear. character, she just likes throwing tables for no reason. It's the yeah. it's the new Jerry Springer, right? It's the new oh, daytime that's... talk show. It's the new soap opera. It's like a hybrid between the soap opera and I think the daytime. What, talk what show. I don't understand about Bravo is why they why they overlap these. They're ultra short seasons. It's like six episodes as a season, but they overlap them. They will have current new. Jersey ones happening and Orange County ones happening and I don't understand that it's like we need to get in our space we yeah. need to be in the Orange County season yeah they don't understand <laughs> sports seasons right right that you yeah. have like some separation between you the playoffs have to. You have to. Yeah, yeah yeah like there's NFL or um uh, NHL playoffs going on during yeah. the NBA playoffs but who plays attention to the NHL yeah Nobody. it's fine right. we still have context right. we just we're just watching NBA yeah. right yeah all right we have a great podcast coming up for you uh, today we have a Spotlight, an interview with Owl City. Uh, Adam Young, uh, who's Owl City, his new album came out uh, this past week. Highly anticipated. And we also have an interview with Leslie Leland, who's an author and has a new book out called The Spirit of Food, which I didn't know food had spirits. Mm-hmm. Soul. It has a soul. That's, mm-hmm. I don't want to eat it. Certain now. kinds mm-hmm. of food has soul. Interesting. Soul food. Is that why you're vegetarian? Yeah. Well... Because it has a soul. Yes. <laughs> and because of your wife. Because you read this book. You <laughs> no. ghost wrote Leslie Lynn's book. I did. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. Up first, your entertainment releases. Uh, new music we have coming out on Tuesday, June 21st. Bony Bear with Bony Bear. Um, this he, is probably one of the most talked about albums I've. I've I mean, a long have you, time. Oh, you've heard it. I mean, NPR has been streaming it. It's fantastic. It's great. Everybody is talking about this. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Gomez with uh, Whatever's on Your Mind. I had some Gomez albums in the late 90s. Selena Gomez. (laughs) (laughs) She wasn't born. She wasn't born in the late 90s. Uh, The Chain Gang of 1974 with Wayward Fire. Yacht with Shangri-La. And last but not least, Peter Furler with On Fire. Former Newsboys lead singer, or drummer and lead singer. What do you think would happen if you got Michael Tate and Peter Furler in the same room to talk Newsboys? I mean, is that, is that, I mean, that seems like a feature in relevant. I would put them in a spinning drum cage. <laughs> <laughs> didn't he, didn't that, yes. did, didn't yep. the, yeah. the drummer used to play in a spinning drum cage? They, yes, they, it was they, the old Motley Crue uh, spinning drum cage, I think. It defined my teenage years going to Christian concerts. They Newsboys was famous, my for for the the drummer was on this thing and at like the apex of the concert three quarters of the way through there was a song where it had it was actually on this massive robotic arm and mm-hmm. the drummer would then be lifted out and hover over the audience and he would be spinning wow. and drumming and everybody's like ah it was the most amazing thing you've ever seen was it and they so they obviously bought that equipment because they used it for about ten years they did. Yeah, and then it broke in a horrific accident. (laughs) (laughs) Like Spider Man, the musical. (laughs) Drummers are falling from the ceiling. Yeah. Uh, Um, uh, Peter Furler is actually a worship leader on staff at Calvary Assembly here in Orlando. I know. That was shocking to me. It's still amazing. 
Does he play drums and sing during worship like a Phil Collins concert? He spins around in the ceiling. <laughs> I've never seen it. I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I'm not making fun. I think singing drummers. I actually like them. I don't ironically like singing. <laughs> <laughs> so I would like to see that. Your brother's uh, a singing drummer. Yes, he is. Does he wear? Does he have a like a like a mic on a stand, or does he have like the 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 Madonna head stage mic? <laughs> Which one is more legit? Like in you got in your opinion for a drummer for a drummer I think the, I think I think a mic on a stand yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. you got to yeah. lean Definitely. over yeah, yeah like a good call up. really get into it yeah yeah yeah, no, he, yeah you really got you really got to be you know howling out there I assume the guy in the cage had it on his face if he was twirling he wasn't or I think I think the cage oh he was wasn't singing no. microphones oh. Peter Furler know. didn't sing from the drums I don't most think so. of the no it was. Yeah, I mean, he maybe he like went and did a couple songs like that. I feel like you know to mix things up like yeah, Coldplay does. Yeah. Uh, but the okay. drummer's the drummer. Hey, I, I do think it's distracting when in church a worship leader tried to lead from the drum set. I've never Agreed. seen that. I've never I, seen that. I've seen that. I've seen it. I've seen it, and it is it is. I don't care if you're a great drummer, you're a great vocalist, you're a great worship leader. When you combine those, it's like combining your three great foods doesn't mean they're going to go well together. So I like a hot dog, a brownie. This is a PSA to the church world. Any of you who see someone (laughs) doing that, you need to confront them. There's, there's truth that needs to be told. I don't know. It's a mistake. A lot of people. Is this an epidemic? You know what the issue is with it? It's because the first quarter of the song, everyone in the audience is looking around at who's singing. Right. (laughs) They all put the pieces together to about a quarter way through their song. They're like, oh, it's the drummer singing. Yeah. And then they try to think about, well, could I play drums and sing? Yeah. Get your mind all messed up. Yeah. Yeah. It breaks the spirit, as they say. So the answer is just no. Yeah. The answer is no. Okay. Uh, movie release is coming out on Friday, June 24th. We have Cars 2, starring Owen Wilson and Larry the Cable Guy, and Bad Teacher, starring Cameron Diaz and Justin Timberlake and Jason Seeger. That's the only argument I need, Sean. It's good. It's a great trailer. <laughs> I, I haven't I seen that commercial out. since the finals have ended because no one would possibly make the argument that he's Jordan now. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Well, I, after hey, I, I, I think I'm being legit here. He's 0 for 2 in the finals. Yeah, right, no. right now, Lamar Odom looks better than uh, LeBron James. Oh, so oh. I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I'm just telling you. Is that because he's married Char- to a Kardashian? Char- and because the rings. Oh, yeah, okay. Because the championship rings. Okay, uh, that'll do it for your entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Up next, slices. And the battle in his hand. Shake it like jam song. Close chase. Lock the door. Run the pages of your life as your body hits the floor. And as you weep, you can hear there's an echo of a call. And through the violent, bloody night, Nehemiah builds the wall. Need to raise money for your upcoming mission trip? Well, Razoo can help. Check out Razoo's ad in this month's issue of Relevant Magazine or go to Razoo.com to learn more. That's R-A-Z-O-O dot com. You're listening to Burlap to Cashmere. Really? <laughs> Blast from the past, they're coming back. <laughs> I, I want to throw it out there and see what the podcast listeners think. Uh, the song is Nehemiah, Build a Wall. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Sia with the song You've Changed. Uh, it's playing right now on Relevant TV. Okay, it's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, well, the uh, 
uh, record label lobby is continuing their campaign of goodwill and customer appreciation now by uh, uh, pressuring legislators to pass a law, uh, the Senate to pass a law, that would make it illegal to upload lip-synced videos to YouTube. Um, so that means if you're doing one of the funny videos where you're, uh, you know, lip syncing the single ladies, uh, I have a whole library of those that I've done, um, <laughs> that, uh, you could face a maximum, they, they've updated, it's not just getting sued now, you could face a maximum of five years in prison. That's uh, so there are, I think there are Justin Bieber fans out there uh, that are looking at a possible life prison sentences for the volume of YouTube videos that they live synced. Um, so instead of focusing on pressing uh, issues in this country, uh, you know, the uh, any sort of uh, reforms to laws or, or the war on drugs or, or poverty, the Senate has decided to dedicate its uh, resources to people. Uh, you know, lip singing um, uh, songs on YouTube. Kind of faded out there at the end, huh? Kind of petered yeah, out. Yeah, I was. I, I was trying to insert a joke, but it it didn't materialize. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. I was trying to think of a really funny song, but it just didn't happen. Didn't happen. I don't know what happened. Sometimes doesn't what's work. what's confusing about that? You're kind of like the LeBron James of slices. Oh, telling. Kind of, I'll give you those first three quarters. Kind of collapse at the end. <laughs> yeah. Close the deal. Yeah, collapse right at the end. <laughs> what's confusing about the whole situation is the the record industry is not going to recoup that money. You know, it's one thing if you go after somebody and they're you know they're using it for film or TV and they've got a budget and you know these people online that lip sync to Beyonce are helping promote you know what even if it's funny and stupid it's helping to promote the song well that's um, what I'm saying it's not cutting into the props not like you no. know what I'm not gonna go uh, buy that Eminem album because I got this video of a 12 year old lip singing it in his bedroom <laughs> I'm just gonna listen to that on repeat instead but but it seems like why is the record industry they like just you know go after their customers repeatedly? Do they have? Do they literally have? They literally no other business plan than this. I, guess. I don't think so. Well, record sales are down. People record sales are down, but digital sales are up. Yeah, it's like well, but but the, like their logic is record sales are down. I know what the best thing to do: incarcerate our customers. <laughs> <laughs> well, they can still buy stuff online. In if prison. In prison. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think prisoners are at Amazon.com like having boxes delivered. Yeah. In the commissary. In the commissary. They can get a little they iPod. Order a little kitchen knife set, have it delivered. No, I don't, I don't think. Just that, music. Just music. Just cakes with files in them. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they still do that. Not digital files. I'm talking about files to break out. There should be like a website, cakeandfile.com. That would be for prisoners. Actually, you should buy that cake and file. Let me check it out real quick. Hold on. <laughs> that would be a cool name for a bakery, too. Ooh, Maya. Yeah, there you go. Cake and file. I'll put, I'll put a file in cake it. Cake and file. Kind of like rank and file. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the logo would be a cake with like a file hanging out of each side. <laughs> and you make all everyone that works in the bakery, bakery wear the old school prison stripes. Yeah. That'd be amazing. <laughs> As if they've just broken out and come here to work. <laughs> That'd be amazing. And they all have like yeah. icing on their fingertips. And, and like, instead of plates, they're served on like license plates that were, you know, they made in prison. Maya, we have instead of like themed... frosting bags, it's if they're guns that you do the frosting to frost the cakes. <laughs> oh, yeah, good. yeah, like water guns. Like water guns instead of frosting. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding? This is amazing. <laughs> oh dear. Let's do Cake it. Cake and file. Yeah, it, you know, it would be so great. So great. 
Um, so apparently the government is trying to um, cut back on their expenses and get their budget back. And so President Obama has put uh, Joe Biden. My, my, uh, sorry, Andrew, my favorite Onion headline of last year was <laughs> Joe Biden receives lifetime banment, banishment from Dave and Buster's. What? <laughs> <laughs> a long, detailed story of all the offenses he's racked up at Dave and Buster's. Speaking of Dave and Buster's. They are opening mm-hmm. the world's largest Dave and Buster's here Stop next month. It. It's world's true. largest. Ro- world's largest. It was on the news report, and it's on iDrive. It's three stories. Oh it's, my goodness! It's over um, ninety thousand square feet, and I uh, bought four tickets to the VIP pre-opening last night. Why you bought? Yeah, it was a it was a charity donation to the Big Brother and Big Sisters of Central Florida. By the way, Maya, you made a donation last night that you were unaware of. <laughs> okay. I, did, I did this at one in the morning. Yeah. And Chris and I are going because it's free. They Like you show up, this pre-event thing is free food, free Minus games. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's going to a good cause. That's a $500 night. No, no, no. 25 bucks. That's it. Okay. Each. Wow. Well, Each. that's the same price as uh, Britney Spears tickets in Orlando after yeah. today's Groupon. Are you serious? <laughs> if you could give me the chance to Groupon a Britney Spears ticket Dude. or get VIP Dave and Busters, hands down, I'll go on Dave and Busters. <laughs> they literally, the, the, the tickets aren't selling for the Britney Spears show. And so they group, group today's Groupon it today. Half yeah. price off Britney Spears tickets oh in Orlando. Goodness. Yep. Jesse, I bought two. Me and you. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. If we go like dressed up. Oh, of course, naturally. Like a, bi- a big night out on the town. And then right. we, we cap it off with some David <gasps> With some David Dude, co- foosball. Dude, like talks with like the tails oh. and like top hats. Like you guys like do it up. That'd be amazing. Can you imagine showing up at the Britney Spears concert in like coattails? We could do a podcast live from the Britney Spears concert. <laughs> we rent concert. a limo. It's like, not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. <laughs> Absolutely rent a limo. <laughs> okay, so anyways, um, <laughs> as I was saying. We're, we're wearing corsages. <laughs> okay, so uh, President Barack Obama. Any more, Jesse? No, I'm just laughing. <laughs> I could just, I could just, I felt like you were gonna head one more in you. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, so, President uh, Barack Obama has put uh, Joe Biden in charge uh, to help identify and eliminate wasteful federal spending, which is like, okay, that's great. Well, um, the first thing on Joe Biden's, uh, he sent out a message to the White House entitled, There's a New Sheriff in Town. And um, it says, and I bet you didn't know that your tax dollars pay for a website dedicated to the desert tortoise. And I'm sure it's a wonderful species, but we can't afford to have a standalone site devoted to every member of the animal kingdom. So he's going after these itty bitty websites that are government government run. Apparently there's 2000 federal government. I hope domains. he doesn't discover that relevant is actually being funded. <laughs> and he's going after them. And uh, there's another website they're going after. Well, apparently as of this week, it is dead. Um, it's a dead link, but it was um, a federal domain devoted devoted to foresters who play the fiddle. <laughs> it was called fiddleinforesters.gov. Wait, that was available? Now it is. <laughs> this <sounds like> a, <laughs> so this is what our um, this is what you do when you're vice president of the United States. Uh, well, you got a lot of time on your hands. I think, you, I you think everyone's down. a little confused about the vice president's role, but now we just know he's sitting in front of GoDaddy typing <laughs> in domains. <laughs> Fiddle and Foresters is a dot gov. <laughs> There's does- a new sheriff in town now. <laughs> it doesn't say like how much it costs the government per website. I would. I mean, we know $1 websites. A year. <laughs> it wouldn't be that much, only unless they've got a whole staff. But just so you know, if you own a if you own a dot gov, 
My, you Watch kinda, out. You kind of petered out at the end like Jesse You guys LeBron. aren't giving any I'm feedback so, today. So I think you guys are petering out on me. I think it's true. So you're saying that LeBron's teammates let him down. Right. right. That you his, guys let me down. I didn't let you down. I was passing the ball is what I was doing. I was. I was, I was putting I it I out there. I tossed an assist up there you're for looking at your phone. I can't help that I'm Jawan Howard. one of you. Yeah. You're freaking LeBron James. <laughs> no. You finished your slice. What I did was I tossed an alley-oop up for my teammate and it made it. you made me look like I shot an air ball. Exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. You're Le- you're LeBron James of this slice. You need to just take it to the hole and slam it. You were part of the Fab it. Five. You should still be Fab that Five, was, even though it was 20 years that ago. That was 37 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> He's hey. one of those guys that I cannot believe is still like a relevant. It's like it's like in baseball when I see Chipper Jones. It's like Chipper Jones has been a, a star <laughs> baseball player since I've been like six years old. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Well, your uh, turn, your yeah, turn, Josh. I, you could win. I'm I'm not going to uh, because Jesse stole my slice. First of all, um, oh no. Second of all, um, so he's a ball hog. I, I don't. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he's the exactly. LeBron James, James of, of, of slices. Yeah. Yeah. It's been confirmed. Yeah. And um, when you take your talents to South Beach, uh, you know, you, you you take the ball first. <laughs> um, I I don't know if you guys know about this, but on the news they're talking about presidential candidates. Mm. Do you guys have any idea who's running for president right now? I mean, there's uh, Michelle like, Bachman. There's like Newt so Gingrich. many random people. The uh, guy from Godfather Pizza. Well, no, Obama. No, no. Herman Herman Cain, who you're right, Jesse, is the former CEO of Godfather's Pizza, um, which I think you know. Some people ask, um, you know, presidential candidates, you know, why did you or did you not serve in the military? I feel like someone should ask this guy, you know, explain what being the CEO of Godfather's Pizza has done to prepare you to run this great nation. Anyway, so this Republican presidential candidate uh, recently communicated that his stance uh, when it came to appointing White House cabinet members or a federal judge um, was not going to include uh, appointing any Muslims at all. And then he came out recently and clarified and said, um, no, no, actually, I just meant the Muslims that are trying to kill us. So... So instead of him ha- having a stance uh, against all people trying to kill us, he has, has narrowed his group of people that he's not going to appoint to his cabinet or to a, a position uh, on the Supreme Court judge uh, as one of the Supreme Court judges, uh, Muslims, they're going to kill us, which I think is a completely different policy than previous presidents. I'm sure that most presidents uh, haven't had that policy and it's been a problem in the past. <sighs> <laughs> You're the you're the Minnesota Timberwolves of That's slices. That's the backup slice. You know what? Actually, you're you're the Cleveland Cavs of the slice of, of slices because you're what's was left stolen. after your primary slice was. My stolen. primary was I, was I had a backup ready to go. Yeah. I wasn't confident in it. You're the backup plan. All I'm all I'm saying is somebody coming out saying vote for me because uh, I'm not going to appoint uh, Muslims trying to kill us. Yeah. Um. I think he's going to need a better plan. That's yeah. All. I agree with that. Yeah. You're, you're the Mo Williams of this podcast. <laughs> I'm putting up forty points over here <laughs> but nobody knows my name no, but yeah. and now you play for the Clippers and, now and nobody knew you were trading exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, oh wait yeah. I thought he was in Cleveland oh. yeah oh uh, alright that'll do it yeah, for Slices no one, no one cares about uh, hold on just to finish the sports conversation you you hung out with Ryan Anderson from the Magic at Target no 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 you, you and Cohen no. you, you guys Maya. did a shopping no, spree I okay. saw a tweet here's context okay. last week I'm eating lunch at Eden's Fresh down the road. Right, nice right. little fresh wraps place. Yeah. And who who walks in? Courtney Lee. Look at that. NBA shooting guard, former Magic shooting guard, Courtney Lee walks in. Yeah. Uh, Chris, he play for the Rockets now? Yeah, I mm-hmm. believe so. Chris Chris Miata's sitting next to me. I go, that's Courtney Lee over there. 
and uh, we're the only three people in the restaurant at the time. And so he sits down at the table next to us, and I turn around and go, are you Courtney Lee? So we ended up talking. Maya is a big Courtney Lee fan. She has his jersey when he was with the Magic. Wow. And so that gave me a, an end to talk to him. Sure, sure. I told My him wife we, loves you. It's, it's, I, it's actually what I said. And, uh, and, uh, and I told him we missed him on the Magic. He said he wants to come back. He's going to come back next year when he's a free agent. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we just talked. And then uh, a couple nights later, I see J.J. Reddick at dinner. He just did had, you talk to him? I didn't because he was with his wife. You used to live in his building. I did. We were neighbors. were neighbors. So, But the only thing to talk to JJ about now is he just had groin surgery. Mm. And so I didn't want to bring that up at dinner. It's touchy. Sword, I sword would have talked to It's, it's yeah. actually not touchy at all. Yeah. At all. But then we were in Target. We're in the kids' aisle, the, the beach aisle. Huge fan. How's the groin? <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, what do I talk to him about? I got to ask about the groin. Yeah. You, you don't ask if it's still swollen. Yeah. Oh. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, um, his wife. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we are all thinking it <laughs> yeah and, and i don't want to bring up like oh, i was your neighbor three years ago don't you remember me you yeah. know so um i told him i played against him in high school at that signing that one time yeah you did he was like oh yeah i don't remember you yeah yeah i have no recollection of you and now you're standing in a uh, hour and a half line to get my autograph cool, get cool. <laughs> obviously our lives took different turns <laughs> look, look jj we took different paths yes i probably could have gone to duke as well yeah but uh i went to oru and played intramural b plus basketball so. <laughs> but good for you you seem like you're doing well <laughs> at least at least i don't have a surgically repaired growing so whatever whatever it's cool man um, and then, and then uh, the other night, Monday night, we're we're at Target with Cohen, uh, Maya, and I, and and she looks over in the aisle next to us. She goes, "That's Ryan Anderson." I almost didn't say something. I know, and I didn't I really see it because you knew what was going to happen. And this is Ryan Anderson, and, Immediately and, and, and I said, "And I'm wearing and I'm wearing my Magic hat." Awesome. So I'm like, like you are now. Well, yeah, this is yeah. exact same hat. Yeah. So I'm going. Well, the finals were last night, and I'm wearing my Magic hat, and a Magic power forward is standing right there. I should go say hi to him. And uh, she's like, don't you dare. She's like blocking me from walking towards him. Hold on, time out. What is your fear? What is it? What, in these moments, you almost didn't tell him. What is your fear before he finishes the story? It's Wh- just embarrassing. I just want to leave him alone. They're just trying to shop in Target. Yeah. And I'm they sure don't they wanna, love it. I'm sure they, they don't want to talk about sports and Cameron would. Cameron knows way too much. Pro- probably Cameron knows more than I they fo- do. I follow him on Twitter. Yeah, I, so I, I know what he does. Yeah, he could, you knew he was there. It would yeah. turn. Sto- it would there. turn stalkery. Okay, so, all right. So that's your so. Fear. So then Maya, you know, she keeps me from talking to him. Yeah, I literally was blocking but, him. But I, I noticed. Started, I started to walk away. I go, if you talk to him, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. But, I left him in the child. But in his shopping cart, he had an ironing board, and so Ooh. I'm like. Does he need it? Why do you know it need a new Why one? Why does he need an ironing yeah. board? Why does he have an ironing yeah. board? Why an is an ironing his... board is an item you buy once a lifetime. Yeah. Yes. Like, or, or, my parents have an ironing board that I'm sure they had since before I was born. Yes. How does an ironing board possibly break? That's yeah. a great question. And, and, and why isn't his assistant getting his ironing board? Yeah. I mean, yeah. so I was really intrigued. And yeah, so we had curious. to continue our shopping. Maya went over to the grocery section. And so she's like, I'll, I'll just jump in here real quick. And I had Cohen. So I'm like, well, I'll go get a refill up at the, uh, up at the front of target this is your chance and and just kind of see if hey if ryan's yeah. up there then i'm at the diet coke dispenser and just say hi chit chat so he's checking out and uh, i'm like man missed my chance he's checking out well then maya shows up with all of her groceries and we're ready to check out perfect hey look there's an opening in the lane right next to ryan anderson let's go over there boom he cameron literally and as we walk up gave me a look of like i'm doing it's on it's on and And as we walk up and just i walk right next to him we're literally standing right next to him i go she made me promise not to say anything to you 
go magic. And, uh, <laughs> and what he say? And he laughed. And he goes, "No, man, it's cool." And so he then I'm like, very graciously. Yeah. And then I'm like, <laughs> and then hey, what did you think of the game last night? Hey, you know, hey, let's small talk. Let's small talk this up. Yeah. And so yeah. we're talking he about the game. He, you hate small talk. He hates Miami. He loves seeing Dallas win. I go, you know, I I, I actually think that Dallas has built a lot like the Magic. It kind of gives me hope that with a few tweaks and uh, another year of experience, we. We might be right there. He goes, dude, we'll be fine. We're gonna be fine. We're talking. And then Cohen had a little Nerf soccer ball, and he throws it right at Ryan Anderson. Wow. So Ryan Anderson starts throwing and playing catch with my with my nineteen month old. Wow, he was a awesome. nice guy, and, and it was just it was a nice experience. Did nice you experience. ask him anything about the ironing board? Well, well, I was no, going to say I, was, I didn't want to bring it up during the How? conversation. I figured out the ironing board mystery. Okay. <laughs> How tall is Ryan Anderson? He is seven foot one, is he not? No, he's six. He's six nine. Six six, six ten. Nine. Six ten. That's still very okay. Six ten. That's still very tall. I imagine his slacks are huge. <laughs> slacks. So he had okay. to get an extra long ironing board or put two together. I think he's combining two. <laughs> <laughs> he's like enough you're of 6'10", this. Six ten. Think about how frustrating it is because you iron the bottom of your dress pants or, or what have you, and then you move to the top, and the eye and it, your pants are so big they're hanging off, getting wrinkled again. I don't get why he doesn't send his laundry out. He's an NBA player with his assistant. Yeah, the, the assistant can pick up his dry cleaning. He doesn't need to be ironing his own pants. He's saving money. He just took a Dave Ramsey course. That's true. He's trying He's to, preparing uh, for the lockout. Yeah. <laughs> no is if, if he does iron his own clothes, which evidently he does, yeah. he's going to use a modified board. And I don't think he realized that until he went. He bought one ironing board. Then he realized, you know what? I'm going to need another one. It's true. My pants hang off the edge, and yeah. I'm only like six How foot. How frustrating so. is that? Yeah. yeah. And, you're, and you're probably not. He's probably, you know, almost a foot taller. Oh, exactly. Exactly. He's got exactly. a forty-two inch inseam. Yeah. <laughs> Think about how frustrating that would be with a standard size ironing board. That is a board. big groin to have to. Oh my. To clear a pair. <laughs> yeah. No wonder JJ hurt his groin. <laughs> <laughs> He's using a standard ironing board. <laughs> <laughs> He's bought small pants to accommodate his standard ironing board. It's just a little tight. When he tight. has the physique of an NBA player. Yeah. <laughs> I bet a lot of injuries could be averted <laughs> if people would just do what Ryan Anderson does and. Invent their own huge ironing board. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, Maya gets embarrassed because I don't, if we saw artists, bands, celebrities, I don't care. I mean, they're nice. They're just people. Yeah. You, you, most of them are not nice people in our experience. So, whatever. It's because of the tattoos. Yeah. And, and, the, dr- and the cocaine. <laughs> and the other drugs. And the- uh, but for some reason, I turn into a 12 year old whenever there's NBA players around. Go magic. I like that you said that. I, I look, no, that's actually what I said. I just yeah, walked yeah. up to him and I look at him and I go, go magic. What if he looked and then, at and he, you? And he yeah. looked at me and I go, she made me promise not to say anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what if he looked at you and goes, that team's just a paycheck to me. And just grabbed his iron board. <laughs> he's like, go Nets. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, honestly, I'm a huge Bulls fan. Yeah. So, All right, that'll do it for uh, Slices. Stay tuned up next, Owl City. listening to We Are Augustine's. The song is Augustine. You think they could have picked a different word? Yeah, does that really count? No. Owl City's Adam Young is an unassuming 24-year-old Midwesterner uh, who catapulted to blockbuster success with his debut album 
uh, in July 2009, which was called Ocean Eyes. Uh, it had the song on it, Fireflies, which was a number one smash hit in 24 countries, including the U.S., and sold more than 4 million downloads. He has sold nearly 12 million tracks worldwide and has toured the world. Uh, his follow-up album called All Things Bright and Beautiful landed on June 14th. Here is Owl City. So your last album, Ocean Eyes, was a platinum-selling success, and it earned you quite a fan following. So what can your fans expect from All Things Bright and Beautiful that might be new or different for you as Owl City? Um, you know, I think I think overall, um, this, this new record is, I think, when you play it down from top to bottom, I think um, aesthetically, I think tonally, I think it, it feels a little bit more conclusive or a little bit more resolved um, than Ocean Eyes did. I think mainly just because um, I, I, I've spent a lot of time kind of polishing um, my my kind of craft uh, just because everything I do kind of just comes out of my basement and I always forget how much work it takes to make a record when you're just one guy in a, in a basement. <laughs> but um, but I, yeah, I spent a long time working with um, you know, gear and, and with kind of kind of uh, lyric variations and, and just kind of all around kind of. I think this new record sounds a little bit more um, older and wiser. Now, the first single from this new album is Alligator Sky, and this features rapper Sean Christopher. Um, do you think collaborations like this will become more common in your music? I think so. Yeah, it was a really fun. It was really fun uh, experience all all around, and I think um, I think that song in particular was was just kind of a, a fun flavor, kind of a, a fun um, experiment to to do. I, yeah, I, I think there, there's something about kind of kind of coming up with a, a given song and then and then going out and finding somebody else who might you know add some wonderful texture or some some beautiful flavor to what's already there and I think that's really inspiring for me in and of itself just to see how someone else you know will will kind of take what's there and and kind of you know mold it and kind of turn it into something else and I love being there to kind of witness that because so many times what's happening as a result of of this you know given collaboration is so far out of the box in terms of my own uh, inspiration for the song it always ends up you know that much bigger and brighter than I than I would have otherwise uh, imagined so it's it's always great it's always fun Um, kind of shifting gears a little bit. 
a lot of musicians try to keep their faith separate from their act, or they kind of keep it as a layered, subtle aspect of their art. But you're always very upfront about the fact that you're a Christian first and you're an artist second. So why do you think it's so important to make this kind of statement with your music, even when you're not singing about faith directly, but to let your listeners know about your beliefs? For me, um, my my prayer has always been that the Lord would just use my music um, to whatever end. I, I've always kind of um, just just asked the Lord that this that this music be be usable, you know, more than anything else. And, and and really beyond that, my my job is just to really kind of remain steadfast with my relationship with Him and just kind of let these songs write themselves more or less, and 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 ultimately never be ashamed of my faith and of my personal relationship with Jesus Christ and and really um, you know I feel like if I if I were to water down or or try to hide that that part of me it would be like um, uh, hiding you know that, that that huge percent of who I am and, and who God has created me to be as an artist and, and whatnot so um, so yes yeah, it's, it's never been my intention to really um, overthink kind of Kind of well, am I gonna like you know write up you know tons of Christian songs, or am I gonna write like you know try try to like skirt away from it you know a, a lot? I've always just kind of prayed like God, just send me the songs that you want me to write because because once they're written and recorded, I'm gonna send them all back to you and point all fingers back up to you. So it's you know it's like it's it's almost none of my business in a, in, a, in a funny way once these songs are done i just want you know the lord to use them however he he, he, he chooses i'd rather watch than just walk through the forest the trees keep the tempo and they sway in time quartet of crickets chiming for the chorus if i were to pluck on your heartstrings would you strum a mind and your music in both melody and lyrics, it's just consistently optimistic and hopeful. And I think that's something that your fans really appreciate about you. But I'm sure a lot of them are wondering, does Owl City ever have a bad day? <laughs> um, you know, yeah, for sure. And, and it's, it's, a, it's kind of a funny, um, kind of a funny way for me to 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 escape from those bad days by writing and by imagining and by creating these very optimistic uh, songs and that's always been my way to kind of deal with with you know the average bad day or, or you know if I'm frustrated about something or if I'm feeling down about whatever um, yeah music has always been my way to to kind of uh, you know forget about that so yeah that's my that's my way of uh, with my way of dealing with a lot of things yeah. That was Owl City. Check them out at owlcitymusic.com.
listening to Civil Twilight. The song is Letters from the Sky. And the video is playing right now over at Relevant TV. Check it out. Leslie Leland Fields is the author of a new book called The Spirit of Food, which offers the lives and voices of 34 renowned and adventurous writers who open their fields, their kitchens, their tables, and their recipe files to illustrate the many unexpected ways that food, both through feasting and through fasting, draws us closer to our neighbors, to Christian community, to God's creation, and to God himself. All bring a keen eye and palate to the larger questions of the role of food, its presence and its absence in the life of our bodies and spirits. Our very own Elise Gilligan spoke to Leslie recently, and here is part of that interview. I was wondering, when did you first begin to notice and think about the importance of food as it appears in Scripture and in the Christian faith? You know, I, I, um, I thought about food all my life because um, I grew up in the, in the 60s and 70s when, when, you know, it was sort of the first wave, you know, speaking sort of within our lifetimes, the first wave of kind of back to nature and organic, uh, growing organic food and all. So I was, my family was a part of that movement. So I was very, I was very connected to thinking about food holistically, but I was not, I was not a believer then. And so, um, you know, when I became a Christian um, later, I, I started connecting it in my thinking, just kind of tangentially, but um, about seven years ago, I started thinking about it really, really seriously. And that's when, you know, this book began in my mind, um, you know, five to seven years ago, and I started uh, reading and, and, and looking at the scriptures and, and trying to think more intentionally about you know, what are, what are the connections between, you know, the food that we eat and the God that we serve? When most people think of eating, especially in our culture, and are approaching trying to eat more mindfully or changing their diet, they usually do it for personal health reasons. That seems to be the primary motivation. Um, but something you focus on in this book is that there's a lot of other public implications as well as far as how we eat. Um, what are the broader responsibilities that you're hoping to remind people of through the spirit of food? You know, there's, there's a, um, a wonderful term that Barbara Kingsolver uses in her book, Animal Vegetable Miracle, which I'm sure lots of people are, are familiar with. But she uses the term alimentary alienation. And she's, and, and, you know, she's talking about going to the supermarket and, you know, everything is saran wrapped and plastic wrapped and shrunk, you know, <laughs> you know, everything is so removed from its original source um, of food. And, and so she's calling for, you know, to return an integrity and a wholeness to our to our understanding and our in our practice of, of eating and and that I'm I'm calling for the same thing except I want to expand it and and I'm I'm looking for a return to integrity in the in the in the fullest sense which means to return um, return us to a, a larger and fuller and more spiritual understanding of what it means to eat and what it means to grow food. And part of that is this, the whole sense of, of, of community and communion. You know, in the, in the Old Testament, there's so much written about food. And, you know, one of the things we see is that, that, that God instituted all of these feasts. And, and some of the feasts last, you know, not a single meal like our feasts, but, you know, they last for seven days or, or eight days. And, 
And the whole purpose of those feasts is, is eating in community and eating as commemoration and as commemoration for the acts of God in history. And it's also gathering, you know, the body of the, the nation of Israel uh, together um, to, to eat in the presence of one another, to remind themselves that they are the people of God. What are some simple, practical ways you would recommend to our listeners where they can begin changing the way they approach and eat their food, even today, even after listening to this interview? The first one is one I've already mentioned about eating in community. Right. Um, You know, here's another um, idea that Scripture actually commands us to do. We don't talk about this very much, but invite the poor to your table. Hmm. Invite people who can't invite you back. Um, that that's a wonderful way to celebrate. I think one of the one of the most important purposes of food, and that is truly to feed to feed the needy. Again, grow or harvest some of your own food as you can, and maybe that's going to mean you know if you live in the city, maybe you can drive out and pick your own strawberries when you're able. Um, I, and we all have busy lives, but but when you have a little bit of extra time, slow down and cook more deliberately and, and pay more attention. So we're, we're thinking about ways that we can enrich and deepen, you know, our own food practices now. And, and here's another one. I would say consider uh, beginning some kind of fasting practice. You know, Jesus assumed that we would all fast. He said, you know, when you fast. And in our culture uh, of excess and indulgence, you know, most of us are afraid of hunger. But withdrawing from food for a time Um, can have a a lot of benefits. That was Leslie Leland Fields. The new book is called Spirit of Food. Check it out. You're listening to Sally Seltman. The song is You're Always. The video is playing on Relevant TV. It's time for feedback. Last week, we asked you to tell us your best church special music story. You guys went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and posted your stories there. Here's a few of our favorites. All right. So Sherry wrote in and said that... uh she grew up in a small Baptist church, and uh, her grandfather was a pastor, so they did special music all year round. Uh, she said a particularly memorable Sunday when he had mistakenly asked two girls um, in one Sunday to come up and do special songs. Uh, usually, it was it was only one music special per Sunday, um, but uh, they had incidentally picked the same song to perform. And so he he offered, well, you guys can switch it up and, you know, one of you can reschedule. They decided they both wanted to perform. So back to back, they went up and performed the same song. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that church is lucky. (laughs) Um, 
Philip said when he was a teenager, he was the poorly trained, or as Chad, you put it, incompetent sound guy. Um, <laughs> and he witnessed some uh, seriously earnest church specials. That's nice. Um, poorly trained. Poorly trained. That's a much yeah. nicer way of saying it. I don't know. When you deal with them week in, week out at your church, they just become incompetent. Okay. <laughs> well, well when, you, when you read this guy's story, you feel a little bad because his dad was the pastor. So he was sort of forced into this position. And the sound booth was literally a wood panel box in the corner. It always, always is. Are. Always <laughs> is. Always is. I could design one right now. Yep. So, so he, uh, he had to work and he said all they had was like this really old tape deck that was going to die at any moment. Um, so one Sunday they have, <laughs> they have a special, uh, music guest come up and his dad says, all right, you know, kind of gives him the sign for cue the music as the guy comes on stage, the tape deck dies. Um, and so, uh, you know, he doesn't know what to do that, you know, that, so his dad says, look, we're having some technical difficulties. We'll just have to have you back next week. Then he offered this. Well, I guess unless you want to do it acapella. Oh, and he said oh, his dad no. was kind of joking, but the singer did not take it as a joke. Uh, and he said he then witnessed the most awkward version of In the Master's Hand that has ever been performed. <laughs> Tim Morstel said, uh, so when I was a kid, my family was one of those traveling singing groups, much like Ryan's Like family. Ryan, yeah. yeah. Like Except Ryan. my dad was a pastor of an independent Baptist church. Wait, uh, so so the dad had to stay behind to pastor and the rest of the family went out and traveled? No, they went together. It says my mom, it's dad, three special. siblings, and myself. So, you know, wow. special see, speaker. four, five, six. And myself would perform with my mom playing the auto harp. Um, <laughs> this sounds like an <laughs> SNL sketch. Uh, <laughs> yeah. At other independent Baptist churches in Southwest Pennsylvania. It's funny how they stay within that one denomination if they're going to travel. Um, you'd think for a business model, you'd want to... Anyway, one year I purchased one of those monkey puppets, you know, the one yeah. that wrapped around you to look like a monkey was strapped to you at a yard sale for 50 cents. And my mom got the great idea of me using it as a prop for one of our songs. This particular song was about being anti-evolution, claiming, in quotes, I'm no kin to the monkey. The monkey's no kin to me. I don't know much about his ancestors, but mine don't swing from a tree. And he had the monkey wow. puppet. Little did I know I was being used as a puppet myself to push, push such an agenda. <laughs> and then he finishes He's by saying, pawn. I just hope that the monkeys don't find out during the forthcoming chimpocalypse. Nice. Mm. All right. Well, uh, there's a lot more stories if you want to go read them. Uh, just head over to the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And it's the Francis Chan episode. Okay, so it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, earlier in the podcast, Maya made an issue of me stalking Ryan Anderson and Target. So um, mm -hmm. I like how you're passing the blame. I, That's so LeBron of you. I, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. It's good. There it's it good. is. It's nice. good. <laughs> Proud of you. That's good. Thank you. you have the biggest smile on your face. You're very satisfied with yourself. It's a great one. Okay, so, you know, but my feeling is we've all stalked ourselves, a stalked a little bit of celebrity in our life. You know, we've all had awkward encounters with people who are famous. You know, we were a little excited to meet him. It's a little awkward, small talk. I feel like I'm not the only one out there, and I want to hear your stories. I, I saw Carl Weathers one time. <laughs> and, and You're just making I, this I up. I was with two buddies, and it was before like Arrested Development. Like it was, or it was before I it was I was in college, uh, and we we had, were out in L.A. like visiting a friend over spring break, and we're at some like you know health food store. Anyway, he I'm walking around, kind of following him. 
And he walks out and I'm like, I got to say something. I got to say something. But I was trying to think the whole time, what can I say? And nothing came to my mind. <laughs> and he had crossed the street and I knew it was my last opportunity. And I just yelled, Apollo! Because no. he was Apollo Creed in the Rocky movies. Oh, he turned around. He turned oh, around. No. Jesse, you <laughs> sound like you must be the guy that goes to golf tournaments and says, get in the hole! I love that guy. I know. I'm just saying. As it soon sounds as like it, as soon as it comes off the face of the putter, get in the hole. Yeah, I know exactly. I love it when you hear the one joker say it from the tee box. I know on a par five. <laughs> yeah, where you see Phil Mickelson just step up <laughs> as soon as he just cracks one. Some yeah. guy yells, "Get in the hole!" Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I've got. I mean, I, I, I have a few. I don't. I don't know. We don't have enough time to, to go through <laughs> all of mine. Um, let's see one time late at night, 1230, uh, a friend of mine and I were walking downtown New York city and we're walking by bad boy entertainment. We're actually ironically getting cheesecake for our pregnant wives who were back up in the hotel room. You weren't getting it ironically. You, you were getting it because they like, like it. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause they like it. Uh, ironically because Diddy is famous for sending some people, uh, on, uh, the, uh, the band show on MTV uh, to go get uh, cheesecake across the Brooklyn Bridge. Anyway, so there's a bunch of Escalades out front. It's late at night. We're like, ah, oh, let's see if he's coming out. There's a bunch of big security guards in suits that come out, open the doors that look like the president's about to walk out. And, you know, we start bantering about what are we going to say? Are we going to say anything? We're like a couple feet away from the door. And then all of a sudden, Diddy pops out and uh, I pound my like chest uh, with my fist. My buddy... What? Uh, puts his fist in the air and gives him black power and yells, Diddy! And I, as I pump my chest with my fist, I then shoot him the peace sign no. and say, what up, dog? No! Things I've never, ever, ever done before. He stops. It's like something comes over you in those moments. He stops. At, like He's getting into his Escalade. Oh We're probably gosh. 12, 15 feet from him. He stops, looks at two white pastors <laughs> on the streets of New York City. Holding cheesecake. Yeah, at 1230. And he just laughs and says, hey, guys. And gets in the car. Like He takes a moment to take us in, kind of collects this vision <laughs> of these two white guys giving him black power and saying, what up, dog? Oh, and uh, and then he jumps what in his Escalade dog. and just laughs and probably, you know. Oh, I love it. Pops Cristal. I don't know what he does. So, yeah, I have I have all sorts of random sightings and stories like that. So. Well, I think I think I told like a well, and I can tell the story next week. But I, I had a very odd conversation, an extended conversation with Russell Brand one time. What? <laughs> oh, yes. oh, oh, at the comic book store. Yeah, it, it was at um, Amoeba, the, like that independent uh, record and DVD store right. in L.A. Right. And but he, he was dressed in the fishnet shirt, the leather pants, and everything. But shockingly engaged in the conversation <laughs> because you were talking about what? Well, he was. We were. He was looking at like Simpsons DVDs, and I was with a buddy, and we're like, "Oh, you like the Simpsons, eh?" You know, just <laughs> it's a, it's just, a good starter. Yeah, just breaking the ice. That's good. That's good. Like with Ryan Anderson, you'd be like, "Oh, you like ironing?" Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, your clothes are wrinkled, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fishnet. Yeah. So, yeah. so you, you into... the, the way you break the ice is you observe something that they have or are doing, and then comment on that. Exactly. That's a good yeah. strategy. See me, I come pre preloaded with my small talk. I'm go ready. Magic. I, yeah, my, my go magic. <laughs> go right. magic. Yeah. I had, I had no logical entry point other than the DVD. All right. Okay. And. Like his response to that is in that in that Russell Brown voice, where he's like, 
he's like, I really like seasons one through seven, but what's it got to eight? And like episodes where like police chief Wiggum would get into trouble. They're going so deep into the reservoir characters. That I just didn't think it was funny as it was when it surrounded the core, you know? And then he just really wanted to engage about the critical aspects of the Simpsons. Wow. Well, I wonder yeah. if that's how if, uh, he and Katy Perry... Yeah. You know, hit it off. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, they invited me to the wedding. But, okay. You know. Good. 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 Well, the, by the you, sound of your accent, you mean the royal wedding? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's a very posh yeah, version yeah. of Russell Brand. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, from well, the east side. He he talked in his you know just like he is in the movies, and then he had this weird friend that was with him. Wait, the guy and in the his, fishnets that was talking that way about the Simpsons wasn't the weird one. <laughs> no, it? no, his other friend was like real grungy, and he had a real. Uh, thick British accent, and he he was walking over with this weird DVD he had found of some obscure soccer footage, and they were he they were telling me about how this this uh, DVD had a uh, video clip of a guy who died during a soccer game, and how disturbing it was. Wow. <laughs> Good. He's like, Russell Brand's like, it's so weird. You can see the soul leave the body. <laughs> it's trippy, man. It is trippy. He was oh. just like the character in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. He was literally just, maybe he was, maybe he was like in character. I don't know. But he was very engaged and philosophical. Wow. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so we want to hear your stories. I know we all have them. So I'm trying to think for me. I mean, you live with Cameron Strang. I mean, every day. Is, yeah. There's a new story. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So, uh, okay. Everybody but Maya has stories like this. We, we want to hear them. Uh, head over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and post yours there. If you want to call in on the Skype line, email us at podcast at uh, relevantmagazine.com and uh, tell us your Skype name. Chad will hook it up. Um, on that note, we'll wrap things up. Many thanks to Owl City for uh, talking to us. The new album is called All Things Bright and Beautiful. It released last Tuesday. You can check out more at owlcitymusic.com. And thanks to Leslie Leland Fields for talking to us. Her new book is The Spirit of Food. And you can find out more at leslie-leland-fields.com. Don't type out the word hyphen. Just <laughs> hit the hyphen button. It's very confusing. Um, yeah, it's a very long URL. Very, she very had long. another one, but Joe Biden took it. Right, web.com. <laughs> he shut it down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, that'll do it. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya Strang. I'm Josh Luan Loveless. I'm Jesse Carey. That's Chad Michael Snavely. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. For more, go to relevantmagazine.com. Fiddle and Foresters is a dot gov. There's a new sheriff in town now.